yeah, I want to I share a word this morning entitled, It's Time to Build. It's time to build. Can you know somebody and just tell them, it's time to build? It's time to build, all right? Um, and if you do have a Bible, um, let's build, it's time to build, whatever. Um, if you have a Bible, go with me to the book of Haggai, all right? Maybe you have to go to your contents page first, I don't know, um, and find Haggai. He's there somewhere, I promise you. Um, one of the prophets... And, and we're going to base ourselves in Haggai chapter 1, and we'll get there in a moment. Um, but I was just reflecting this last week on just how much is happening. And, you know, I've been walking around our new facility and just trying to, like, get a feel of, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? What's, what's going on at the moment? And um, I was thinking, you know, that um, this, is, it's only, this, this is the last month we're going to call ourselves His People Church. The last month. Um, next month we'll be Every Nation Durban, if, if you didn't know, okay? Now you do. <laughs> um, so we're going through a name change. Is there, is there any significance in that? Oh, I believe so. So not only, not only are we going through a name change that's, that's happening next month, but we're, we're also going through a change in venue. We're moving into a new building. Is there significance in that? I choose to believe so. And, and isn't it amazing that at the very moment our, our name changes, we go into a new venue, and at that junction, there's a world conference that takes place as well. It's just, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's like astrologers, both biblical and secular, get really excited when they see planets coming into alignment, you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like sometimes they, um, you know, like the three planets will come into alignment and it happens once in like 10 centuries or once ever, you know, it's never happened before. And the astrologers go crazy and we get those pictures in the newspaper, you know, where we see and we don't really know what it is and what that little light means or anything. And we just carry on with our lives. You know, they get all excited about it. But, but, uh, but, but there is significance in, 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 in circumstances, God does speak to us through circumstances. And he did give us the, the stars as, as signs and seasons. Um, and so he, he moves in our lives in different circumstances, and, and he talks to us through circumstances as well. I mean, the three wise men knew that there was a Messiah to be born in Israel at that particular time. And they were traveling from a nation that wasn't Israel. They're traveling from another nation. Yet God spoke to them through the circumstances, through the through astrology, through the signs, through the, the stars, and, and led them to Bethlehem, the very house. I don't know how that happens. I've never seen a star shine over a house before, you know, or a or a cave or a barn where Jesus was actually born. He was actually born in a cave, just so you know. All right, well, yeah, cave for animals. Um, so but but led them to that exact spot. Um, they were aware of God, what God was doing in their times. They were watching and looking and seeing things come into alignment, and they were aligning their lives with what God was doing in their time. And we read about them today because we see and we, and we, we, and, and we learn from them today because because of how they were aware of God and what He was doing. And so it's important that as we go through life, you need to be aware of what God's doing in your life. You need to look around you. You need to see because he talks to us. You know, sometimes he talks to you through the TV or the newspaper or a friend or sometimes through circumstances as well. And I want to say to you guys, we're, we're, at, an, we're at a junction point here. Take a look. 
The, the sign's there. The, God's, the writing is on the wall. There's, there's something that God is doing and positioning us for. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. In 1 Chronicles 12 and verse 32, you don't have to go there. It'll just come up this morning. It says the following. It says, of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times. Can you say understanding of the times? Understanding of the times. They understood what? The times. What did they understand? They understood the times, the times, what time it was. That doesn't just mean they had nice watches, okay? <laughs> they, 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 or clocks. They, they understood the time, the season. They knew what Israel ought to do. They knew what their nation needed to do. They knew the season for their nation. How powerful is that? Their chiefs were 200 and their brethren were at their command. And so just if you just go look at that period of time when these guys were around, the sons of Issachar, what you see is that Israel was actually at a turning point as a nation. There was this long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And, um, and the house of Saul just got weaker and weaker. And David, David kept getting stronger and stronger. And there was this kind of like war in Israel and Israel was divided in many ways and Saul had died and it was a they were at a, it was at a point where now Saul was dead which way is this nation going to go because there were other leaders popping up and emerging in different places or sons etc and so this you know when a, when when there's a change in leadership it's a it's a it's a time of vulnerability it's a it's a it's a it's a careful time you got to be you got to watch out when when the the leaders change it's a it's a season where you got to you got to be careful okay and so this is a t- careful time the nation Saul is gone and with him his leadership style and his his whole disposition and what he was about and and now it's like, well, where will this nation go? And these guys, the sons of Issachar, can you say that three times fast? Don't spit on the person in front of you, okay? <laughs> the sons of Issachar, all right? If you never knew about them, now you know about them, okay? Now you'll never forget them. They, they watching Saul's house, they were watching David, they were part of Israel, they were part of this nation, they were reading the newspaper, like you guys, they were watching the TV and seeing stuff going on on the camera. And they, they knew what to do. They knew what God wanted to do. In life, I want to say the most important thing with your life is, to, is, is understanding what God is doing in your life. Yes. But by His Spirit, we can know. Because His Spirit lives in us, we can know what God is doing. I don't want you to work on me. I want you to like get me to go do great stuff, Lord. And he's like, no, you know what? In this time, Wayne, I got to just work on you. I'm like, but God, there's so much to do. There's lost people. There's, you know, we got to plant churches. We got to reach nations. We got no, 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 Wayne. In this season, I'm gonna just be working on you. And and how many of you know that you can align with what God is doing, or you can go do your own thing? And how many of you go out and do your own thing, and then hit a wall? And cry and come back to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to do what you're going to do. Because <laughs> it's hard doing life without God, isn't it? Yeah. So, so this is what we have to be discerning. Lord, what are you, what are you doing? And then we have to align, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left 
and your descendants will inherit Malawi, sorry, nations, <laughs> and make the desolate cities inhabited. Nations, come on. He spoke to the first to the 72 and he said, just go to the lost sheep of Israel. Don't go anywhere else. And then later, he said, now go into all the world. And imagine if those guys said, um, Lord, I, I'm quite happy just to stay here in the previous boundary that you gave me. It was, it was I, you know, that first boundary you gave me, Lord, that was, that was, that was nice. And I can just, I'll just be here. It's more comfortable. But then God said, no, no, to the ends of the, the world now. So, so the, the boundary has enlarged. How many of you, you've had your boundaries enlarged in life? Remember when you left home, went to university? It was like, oh. I've got, there's more I can do now. <laughs> or when you got your drivers and a car or you got your first paycheck, your boundaries just, there's more, you were enabled and there's more you can do and there's more you can be and there's, there's more you can have, you know? And so, you know, it's kind of Malcolm, it's, it's kind of like you're working with a handsaw and then you get a power tool. Yeah. Hey men, we're going to play with some power tools. You know, <laughs> I can just see there's going to be this long line of guys. Okay, it's like, and then the one guy's going, Goosh. okay, next. <laughs> uh, that's, all, that's all we do, girls, just so you know. Okay, we, we play with power tools. Um, marriage courses, Rishmi Raffa, remember that marriage course you guys just ran in Florida Road in one of the restaurants there? Um, we've, we've used people's homes we've used whatever venues we can get now we're moving into a facility that can actually host you know our prayer meeting currently happens in the basement of this building you know and it stops on sunday because we have to leave this place but now we could have 24 7 prayer if we wanted i get excited about that i'm glad somebody's clapping this morning that's awesome yeah i mean just think about that are you, are you starting to to catch what, what's what's about to happen i mean um, we, we've had a desire to, to run youth in this church for a while, to really invest in the teens and the preteens. Period. <laughs> no more. Yeah. So 15 December, we, we as HP Durban, we closed doors. Claire, you're now awake. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Too much power. So... Um, you know, we, we normally shut down 15 December, where, and then we, we open up again just after January. Something we've never had is like a, a New Year's Eve service. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> we can party on New Year's evening. Um, we could have a Christmas, and actually, isn't it amazing that this year, Christmas falls on a Sunday? I mean, perfect timing, hey? Maybe that's another planet lining up right there. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, but why is that significant? Well, some people only go to church on a Sunday, on Christmas Day, sorry. I mean, that's the only Sunday you'll get them there because, you know, you can like, twist it. it's Christmas. And they're like, oh, fine, I'll come. And then we can preach the gospel. They can get saved and we trust God. You know what I mean? So, I mean, so th- that's, that's significant, I think. That's huge. Uh, if you think about where we we sit, situated right now for for community who who live off a of campus, we we're not on a major transport route yet. Yeah. For you guys who take public transport, I honour you this morning. 
I respect you. You guys are heroes. Yeah. I mean, some of you, I, I'm hearing people coming from Reservoir Hills, going down to town, from town, all the way back up here, from here, back down to town, back to there. I mean, we've had, you know, there's, you guys, you guys are catching public transport, you know, and then you, you're walking up from KFC, you know, up the hill. We're moving to a venue that's on a major transport route where it's like it's easy to get there and you get literally get dropped at the building that we can have church. I mean, that's, that's, that's the difference, you know. Um, is there significance in that? I think so. Um, and, and, you know, just for, for our campus ministry, I want you to know, like, we're, we're not, this whole move to, to our new facility is not a, a, it's not us taking our foot off the campus in any way. Um, or we're taking any sort of significance away from our campus ministry in any way. You know, over the last couple of years, we put the SALT program in place, and, and we've actually harvested an incredible team of leaders from these programs over the last three years. We, we have a team of four people working full-time on Westville, three on Howard College, and three on DUT. That's the largest our campus ministry has ever been in this church. Okay, that's, that's four plus three is seven plus three is ten. Okay, <laughs> I had to work that out. That's ten people dedicated to, to reaching and discipling and impacting students. That's what we have right now. And our move off as a community off the campus is we, we're going to maintain a service here on the campus for the students and under Eloise's leadership and her team and Spiewer. Model that which, amen, come on. So, so this is not a step off the campus and we're leaving this thing behind. We're, we're very much invested here. This, and, and, and the idea is everything here that's, that we enjoy stays here for this congregation. You know, and we, we're going we're gonna, but, to, but I want you to see how, um, how important this is that um, we, we continue to have this mind of, of reaching campuses. That as we move, we don't take our eyes off the campus. Not next Sunday if you're worried, only when we get there. And the reason is we don't have to set up as much. You know, we don't have to like put all this out every Sunday. We just, it's, it's there, it's set up. It's like you arrive and you're home, you know, it's there, it's all in its place. Um, so that's why we want to move it earlier. And we want to move it earlier because we're going to trust God to go to double services in the morning at that venue. Yeah. So if we stay at nine o'clock, we... You know, it's a, it's a difficult time, but if we go 8.30, then we can have a 10.30 or an 11 o'clock service, two morning services. So it's kind of like the culture in Durban to have like that, so, so 8.30 it will be, okay? Um, and it's not, not because we're trying to be comfortable. So if you're like a, a late riser, remember this is not about, I mean, even Malcolm said it this morning, it's, we would all like to have a little nap in, but this is, it's not about that. Yeah. Okay, it's not about comfort. We, we're going for what God is doing, which is what? Growth. He's enabling us. Let's go be moms. Let's go be dads, big brothers, big sisters. Let's go there. Let's pray for students. Let's minister to them. The campuses will be our outreach point. They'll be a, an opportunity for us to be a part of what they're doing. So hence, we're moving our campus services to the evenings. Now, Westville's still in a transition, but DUT is already in the evening. Howard will be in the evening. And we're going to get Westville there because they're currently a morning service. So we want to just take a bit of time to make sure that that's happens well and smoothly, okay? But that will be probably the case for next year, that we could come together in the mornings, and then we want to send you all out. Go to our services on the campus and be a missionary. Go counsel a student. Go pray for them. Go be the body of Christ on the university. So I, 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 I sometimes live in an idealistic world, but I, I can imagine 
that as we go to two double services on a Sunday morning and we go from 100 or so to 300 in each service, and let's say we're a community of now 600 people that we would then in the evenings blast the campuses with 600 people. And we'll just see an entire campus one to Jesus. You know, like, that's, that's where my mind's going, okay? And I hope that your mind goes there too, because I think it would be a good thing. I think it would be a God thing, actually. Um, so, yeah, so you don't have to be prophetic, too prophetic, to see what God is doing. Are you feeling it? Yeah. <laughs> Can you feel it? It is here. Let's, let's take a moment and let's pray. Before I, before I get into our Haggai scripture this morning, Father, we, we, we see what you're doing. Yeah, we see what you're doing, Lord, and, and everything in us. Haggai chapter 1, and we're going to just read the entire chapter, and we're going to see, just stop at various moments and see what God is saying. Let's go. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel. Say that three times fast. Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel. Okay. The son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah. And to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Let's pause there. And after 70 years, God then allowed them to go back to their land and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and rebuild their lives and their culture. So try and imagine this in the context of boundaries and everything that I've been talking about. You have a people who feel pretty restricted in every way in Babylon. You know, they're, they're, they're not free to be the people that God's called them to be. But then God miraculously moves in a pagan king's heart and at the right time and raises up people like Nehemiah and Ezra and prophets and, and, and gets the entire nation moving right back to their homeland, to Jerusalem. And, they, they, and it's incredible. God provides finance for them to do that, gives them passage to do that. So they go to this, to, back to Jerusalem. Everything's a mess. The walls are trashed. The, the temple is destroyed. Their homes, their fields, everything is gone. And they start to rebuild. And God starts to empower them. And they start to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And so they were very restricted. But now... All this provision has come. All this ability has come. God's put them in a new land. Their horizons are much bigger. They've got so much more. They can be who God's called them to be. Their boundaries have been extended. Okay? And they're starting to enjoy the new season that, that, they, that they're in. How many of you, you, you remember when your boundaries got enlarged, you enjoyed that time? You, it's a nice feeling. Hey, so this is a nice feeling. These guys are... Hey, I'm not a slave anymore. I can have my own fields now. I can build my own. They're building their houses and fields and everything's happening in the city and the culture's coming back and everything's coming back. But one thing hasn't come back yet, and that is the temple. That's God's house. So, so God asks them this question. You know, this people, well, he says, this people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. So they, they got wrapped up in the moment. And they didn't align with what God was doing, which is something we can do too. 
we can go, woohoo, we're in a new venue, where we don't have to set up, blah, 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 all this, all this new, like, yeah, it's cool, major transport route, you know, just, this, we could get excited, but we could forget the Lord's house yeah. needs to be built. Okay, I'm going to explain that a little bit more now. So let's go to verse 3. It says, Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in Pan? Fine for you to have a life and have a house and have a home and build a life and all that sort of stuff, but God not to. Is it okay? That's the, that's what the heart of this question, and, it's, and it probably cuts to the core, as you can imagine. Let's carry on. Verse 5. Now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Can you say that? Consider your ways. You've sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one's warm. And he earns wages, earns wages to put them in a bag with holes. I don't want that. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Say, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I have called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil. And what they had was they had focused on their materialistic pursuits and forgot the center the core the death rate was 35 percent lower than the immediate area around it there were medical doctors there maybe some of the medical doctors know about it this morning and they sent teams there they took blood samples they they went to every single home they try to work out is it the food they're eating is it the water they're drinking is it um you know what what is it their genetics they even went back and said is it just because they're italians you know italians live longer and they have more life you know i don't know they, they try to they find out no it wasn't because they went back to europe and they tested the people there and found that the results were different so so there was this absolute mystery and what they had to conclude at the end of the study was that it wasn't the food, it wasn't the diet, it wasn't, you know, the type of work or anything, that in most towns around the world, this is the common town layout. How many of you know what town that is? My varsity town. I remember walking down those streets as a little punk. Um, where, <laughs> and I remember that church. And, but this is, this is a car, I mean, this, this picture you see everywhere. From, from all over the world, you see this picture. What's at the center of this town? Church. And it's usually on Church Street, right? Acts, by which he fill, fills everything with his presence. So if God wants to do a work in our city, how does he do it? He does it through the channel called his church. So while we might look to government and to laws and to leaders and to everything to change things, God looks to his church. And when we start to build church, as the Bible calls church, okay, church like the New Testament church we see in Acts, when we start to build that, society then gets transformed. If we don't have church, then we don't have God speaking, and we don't have God acting, and we don't have God filling everything else. It's the, it's, um, church is like, it's like the hose pipe. You know, and the water going through it is the kingdom of God. But the church is like the host, but it's the vessel, God's chosen vessel, through which his presence, through which his blessing, through which his, his life actually flows. Think of any area in the city that's just bad and, 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 and 
not good, you know, crime or whatever it is. What does it need? It needs a church. <laughs> and it needs a community that can everything else second to me. Stirring your coffee. You know, before you've stirred it, it's, it's not mixed. It's not happening. It's, it's divided, separated piece liquids and solids. And, you know, but when you stir it, it all starts to come together. Say it all comes together. <laughs> it all comes together and the fragrance is released. What's in there comes out. And this is what happens to your life when you start to align with what God is doing. Things start to come together. And what's in you starts to come out. (laughs) All the potential that's locked up within you starts to come out in your life. And you start to surprise yourself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally what happens. But it's all from aligning with God. And notice whose spirit was stirred. It was Zerubbabel. It was Joshua. And it was who? All the remnant. So who rose up and built the Lord's house? Everyone. It wasn't just the priesthood, and it wasn't just the government. It was the people, everyone. And so I want us just to see this morning, like this is, we have this faulty understanding about church in our minds. We, we think, we think this, we think that we attend church and pastors build churches. <laughs> and it's a faulty thing because even pastors think that. <laughs> it's true they really do they, they think that they whereas actually what we see here is that everyone rose up to build the lord's house it's like if we go back to the tabernacle in the days of moses we see the same thing when we go to solomon building the temple for the first time we see the same thing here the temple's getting rebuilt by zerubbabel and we see the same thing happening what's happening everybody is involved and what does that communicate to us that everyone has a role to play that is the Berea Presbyterian Church. It's on Berea Road. Okay, it was recently on auction. And, and so what I want to say to you guys is, is that what do we learn from this? Church is not just the building, it's the people. So you can have a nice building, but if the people aren't aligning and growing and, serving and doing certain things, then eventually you just have a building. And there's nothing else happening in it. Okay? And so, um, church is people. Let me show you some scriptures here. 1 Peter 2, verse 5. It says, living stone. I mean, (laughs) um, you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 says, you are God's building. So, right now... You know, we don't, let's just say we don't have a building. Let's say we even outdoors. God still has a church because there's a people here. There, there's lives here and lives that are committed to each other. Um, so the question remains then, how, how do we build God's house? If we're going to build God's house, considering we are that house. Well, here are some steps I want to leave you with this morning is, how you, how you can build God's house. Number one, you can reach people. Okay? So I, I, I want you to understand the times. We know what God is doing. He's enabling us. He's in- By the way, we're going to look at like big empty chairs on a Sunday morning going, you know. But we've, we've, got, to, we've got to reach people. And we've got to build his house. Advance leadership school that happened on Wednesday night. It was awesome. We, um, 
you know, Ayanda was taking the guys through God, evil, and suffering. And we talked and we about it and we discussed it and he presented on the topic about God, evil, and suffering. And we were growing as a class in our ability to defend the gospel. If somebody out and we're going to share our faith and we're going to fill that venue okay but you're going to feel uncomfortable but you will grow i promise you okay so understand that you know we're moving into a place and you might think oh it's comfortable it might not be as comfortable as you think okay and we don't know who god's going to bring as well it's exciting yeah maybe they look different to you maybe they're going to be a different color to you and we're going to know that our citizenship is, first day, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountain. Many people, say many people, many people, shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, from the mountain of the Lord. I don't know about you, but there was a number of times growing up, I was dragged to church. Like, you will come. You will come. How many, how many kids here did we, you got dragged to church? Some of you were kicking and screaming and just like, I'm tired. I'm going to sore stomach. I got a headache. You know? Why? You did not want to go to that place that was so boring. And God never wanted his church to be that. He wanted, he wanted the kids especially to come and be excited about church. You know, my kids this morning had Hillsong music on and they were dancing. So excited to go to church this morning. They were, they were doing break dancing in the kitchen thing. They were literally going like crazy and we had Bukosi sleep over last night and, and they were just, they were doing Hillsong dancing this morning. Like there's this new dance called the monkey or something. And it's, and it's like, you know, you dance like this and you dance like this. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Okay. But they love it. <laughs> um, and, and, and I bet God goes, yeah, 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 let the little kids come. Yeah. He wants his church to be a place that people want to come to. That literally people would be like lining up to come to church. And we have to go to multiple, multiple, multiple services. Why? Because that's his vision. That's what he wants. Where he's communicating to you guys this morning saying, have a nice cup of coffee and everybody to do, you know, he just, that's what he wants his house to be alive. He wants it to be a place of life. And we, a moment, to grab somebody next to you. Everybody find a partner this morning. And what I'd like us to do in closing this morning, um, Ashes, if you wouldn't mind getting the, the, the offering this morning, I mean the communion, sorry, the communion this morning. If you wouldn't mind grabbing that. You got a partner? Come on, where's your partner this morning? Do you know their name? If you don't, find out their name, okay? What did they have for breakfast this morning? (laughs) So, we're going to put it all over here. We're going to put it all over here. Okay. Okay. We're going to close this morning... Okay, by, we're going to have communion together and we're going to pray together. What I'd like you to do, okay, with your partner is I'd like you, and when I say your partner, I'm not speaking prophetically. If you've got like some sort of hope at the moment, the pastor has said you are, I didn't, I never said that, okay? All right. <laughs> um, 
What I want us to do, let's, let, we're going to close in prayer, okay? I'd like you to come with your partner and grab, not grab, take <laughs> nicely some bread and some wine this morning. And I'd like you to take it with them. And I'd like you to pray for each other. And I'd like you to pray for our church. Yes. Let it be us this morning, God. We want to be that, Lord. We want to be aligned with what you're doing. Have your glory in this house, we pray. Amen. All right, come have communion this morning.